You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lions head coach Dan Campbell super duper impressed with his home field advantage in last night's win over the L.A. Rams. And perhaps best of all for Lions fans, they get to host another playoff game next weekend. Welcome back to Make You Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk about the Lions win and everything that went on for Super Wildcard Weekend is none other than Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Let me ask this about this Lions victory. First win at uh, first playoff win in more than two decades. Uh, first, you know, or second playoff win uh, in more than sixty years. What is it that Dan Campbell did that other Lions head coaches have not done in this stretch? Well, I, I, look, Dan Campbell gets a lot of the credit, and he should. But their GM Brad Holmes. I mean, they, they've had. Um, impactful drafts uh, i mean they they have had sound signings um you know it's it's not that unusual for the lines to be picking as high as they were prior to this regime starting to right manifest some good results uh, last year uh but that doesn't mean they always got it right but you you look at i mean st brown on one extreme, Hutchinson at the very top of the draft, which seemed like a no-brainer, but some other people didn't think so. Uh, so they, they were able to grab the hometown kid. Uh, you look at what they got from a production standpoint, scoring touchdowns, right? Sevens, not threes, or at least sixes, not threes, with Laporta, um, with Gibbs, right? Like, that's special stuff. And a lot of people ripped them for taking Gibbs where they took them. Uh, far more impactful than B. John Robinson, right? The running back who went before him. And obviously Gibbs fit this scheme expertly. You know, Dan Campbell, his original staff he put together was not ready for prime time. It, it had a little probably too much flavor of, of recently retired or relatively recent, recently retired players. And the mix wasn't right. But Ben Johnson has that. That's a that's an inspired hire. They're going to lose him. It's going to be somebody else's head coach. But the, the way they built it, he, you know, he built that offense. Um, Dan Campbell's obviously a leader of men. Dan Campbell's a tone setter. Dan Campbell never had a bad day. At least he'll never let you see he had a bad day. That's become infectious for that team. It's changed their grit, their character, their tenacity. Um, but they've, they've had a lot of home runs. Like the personnel's worked out well. Like Jared Goff, they put him in positions to succeed. That was way more than just a salary dump. Uh, they, they've, They've made shrewd acquisitions at a level to which past uh, regimes there just plain haven't for a generation. Jason, if I set the over-under at 20-and-a-half at a number of times you laughed during that Cowboys embarrassment yesterday, is it over or under? 
Well, uh, the the over under on number of times I kept checking that phone to make sure that yeah, wait, I did yeah. I did put that Packers money line in on Monday, right? When when that thing yes. was eight and a half, I did I did do that right, and then I did do it again Wednesday, right? When it was still at seven and a half, and then that that was a part of that parlay, right? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, 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 it's in there. Let's go. I didn't think it'd be I didn't think it'd be that explosive. You know, like I didn't, I, I, you know, I tried to talk our buddy Chris Mack out of it yesterday on our, our, uh, <laughs> that QL show. He was riding chalky, chalky cowboys. And we only had a two Ooh. hour show and not three hours. I, I like to think if we had three hours, I could have talked him out of it. Cause I was begging him to at least just sprinkle, just offset that by sprinkling a little bit on Packers money line. Trust me. I don't think he did it. No. Like the Packers are, were the better team. Like they were the better coach team. They're, they had the better quarterback. Um, they really, 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 really had the better coach. Um, you could tell me Dallas had the better defensive coordinator. I would say, well, that defensive coordinator, he better get the script he wants. He better get good Dak. He better get good McCarthy. They better throw themselves to an early lead. Because if they don't, like, my dream scenario actually was I wanted the game to be close at the half. I wanted to be able to quadruple dip on that Packers money line at halftime. That went out the window because they smacked that ass so bad in the first half. There was no money in that. But, like, I wanted them to be down by, like, seven or six at the half because then I could have really cast again because McCarthy is – it's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, The whole thing's a joke. They're always a joke. They believe their own hype. They create their own hype. Like, the defense completely overrated. Offense, very overrated. Like – can't run the football. You could not stop the run, and you could not run the football all year long. That was tried and true. They made no adjustments. Dan Campbell, greatest assistant coach in the history of the world, made no adjustments. Like, they kept going with small personnel. They kept getting their asses kicked. Now, when the offense scores 40, you get bailed out of it, and the other team eventually stops running the ball. When it's a real football game, for more than two quarters, you're cooked. Micah Parsons, great player. He's not Lawrence Taylor. He's not the perennial game record people make him out to be. He, too, tends to be the front runner. Like, when they're getting out to an early lead and he can just pin his ears back and they hunt and move him around and get the best matchup and let's make Jerry happy up there. Let's go get three sacks for Micah, you know, so Jerry's having a good day. Like, but you can't do that in the playoffs, man. You can't do that against real teams. You know, you can't do that on the road against real teams. But they didn't even get there this year. So, whatever, man. <laughs> I hope they. Give I want to get your stuff. I, I hope they just. Well, they shouldn't give it, and it would. I, I, I hope they respect the Rooney Rule, but like, I hope it ends up with Dan Campbell. Like, I hope they've talked themselves into that we're so smart, we've got it figured out, we've got the next man up inside already. Like, do that, do that. I want you to do that. I'll start fading you as soon as those things come out again. They'll put you at eleven wins or whatever, and I'll fade you as soon as they come out. I want to ask you about this coaching carousel because it's intriguing what we have on this. We just had Joe Giglio on from WIP, and he was saying if the Eagles lose, he does think Nick Sirianni will be fired. How do you see things shaking out? Because I know you get a lot of inside information. Uh, anything you could share with us, how you think things might land? Yeah, uh, this is a, a, a big game for Nick uh, Sirianni. There's no two ways about it. Did a lot of reporting on this at the Washington Post. Talked to people who have worked in that organization before, kind of know how Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, that owner, think. Like, you finish your season by going from 10-1 and 1 to 
getting embarrassed by the Cardinals, getting embarrassed by the Giants, and now losing to Tampa potentially in a week where Baker Mayfield didn't practice. Like, I just don't think that's acceptable. They already need, like, I'm telling you, the offensive coordinator has been out of favor for about as long as the defensive coordinator. And there hasn't been as much of a hubbo blue about that or whatever. But, like, if you think Brian Johnson's the main voice, like the absolute voice calling that offense, I would say you got another thing coming. And obviously they've already stripped the defensive coordinator of his powers and then handed it to Matt Patricia, who, I mean, I, whatever. Don't even get me started. I, I don't know what's in that pencil it is, but it ain't like <laughs> – so those guys are gone. So if we're fi- if we're blowing up his staff and we're 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 making all those changes, then like, was it this guy or was it the former coordinators? Like th- that's how they like that's how they have to think because they're trying to win Super Bowls, and not every team in this league are really trying to win Super Bowls. Those guys are obsessed with winning Super Bowls, not just making money. So yeah, I, I think this is a big moment for for Sirianni, and I mean. If there is a Bill Belichick out there, right? Like you've got you've got on one end that, and then on the other end, you know someone like a Mike McDonald on defense or or a Ben Johnson on offense who might be a little more analytical than Sirianni, a little more buttoned up, maybe maybe check some boxes that Sirianni doesn't check. If, if yeah, if 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 they don't show up tonight, I, I think the Eagles will have serious conversations about replacing him. And my suspicion is those conversations would lead to them replacing it. When it comes to like a Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll, part of that old guard, do you see these guys coaching somewhere else next year? One, both, neither? I mean, they want to. I I, I think with Belichick, like it's, it's got to be a special fit. And in the initial wave of firings, I didn't see that fit. And more to the point, other GMs, personnel executives, coaching agents I talked to didn't really see the fit. Now, plenty of people will bring them in as a football star. However, the Eagles thing, the Cowboys thing, where those teams you think from a roster standpoint are a little closer, like those teams, if nothing else, have been winning a ton of regular season games recently, which most of these other teams that are are hiring, they can't claim that. Um, That's a division that is, as much as it's hyped, it's not very good. We're sitting here talking about you know, the two supposedly good teams in the division, perhaps firing their coach after getting to the playoffs. Washington finally fired theirs. And the Giants, if things don't improve next year, will be firing theirs. So you you could look around and say, I can win quickly. It's the lesser conference by far. It has the lesser quarterbacks in it. Um, so that would be unique circumstances. I'm still not sure that he and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, I, I don't know that they can sit there and sort out personnel. Like, I really don't know. And you could say the same thing, like him and Howie Roseman. I don't know how that would work. But I know the Eagles can get really creative and, and you know, could, could maybe put something in front of him that might convince all parties that, yeah, this, this could work for a couple of years. Um, but do the Eagles want to be doing this again in two years? Because they seem to be doing an awful lot of this, right, going back to the end of Doug Peterson. So, as for, I don't see the Pete Carroll thing. I, I just don't. Like, if you want to hire Pete Carroll, just go hire Dan Quinn. Like, you can get the 40, whatever, the 50-year version of him instead of the 72-year-old version of him. Like, I, I mean, that guy's out there. Like, that or, – or, and again, maybe Jerry just goes that way, in which case the Belichick thing isn't a fit. Uh, but I think it's a limited market. I think it's a very limited market. 
Jason, where are the bets today? Two games. You've got Buffalo, and now it's back to 10 uh, against Pittsburgh, low total in the high 30s. And then tonight we've got uh, the Eagles as a three-point road favorite at the Bucks without A.J. Brown. I, I can't find myself to do a whole lot with this Bills thing. I mean, I played it early in the week as an under game. It's moved so much. Like the game physically has moved. Like everything about this just feels so off that I'm probably just going to ride with my initial bets there, which was I jumped the under when I think it was 36 and a half around this time a week ago. Uh, it's Again, it's been all over the place. And then I think Josh Allen runs a lot. You know, like uh, Najee Harris, if he doesn't get over his rushing totals, the Steelers have no chance. So I also like a Najee Harris anytime touchdown. But I, I one of the first bets I played last week was the under on this Eagles-Bucks game. I just this is one of those where I, I I can never figure out why it was at forty four, and it's still right around forty four. But like the Bucks are six to two, six and two to the under at home. Philly's seven and two to the under on the road. The average Bucks home game averaged thirty four point seven five points. That's twenty ninth in the NFL. Um, the Eagles three of their nine road games went over thirty eight. Uh, this game obviously came nowhere close to forty four the first time they played. Neither of these offenses are heading in a good direction right now. Tampa, two offensive touchdowns their last two games, and their quarterback hasn't practiced really much at all. Um, the Eagles, right, no Brown. Other people beat up. If you go back to the first game and rewatched it, like some of the option stuff, Swift in the backfield with Hurts really worked. 40 rushes for 200 yards. Like how are they not going to try to run the hell out of the ball? Same thing with the Bucks. Rashad White. I love him to go over his – rushing props. They don't win games unless he runs the ball 20 times. That is their game script. That's what Todd Bowles wants to do. So, I mean, I, I just think that's where these teams are right now. As bad as the Eagles defense is, like Patricia, just go do what Sean Desai did against these guys, you know, the first month of the season. Like, they held them to 174 yards. Baker Mayfield had 5.8 yards per attempt. That's passing the ball. So, I don't know. I feel like run hurts, run swift. Like the overall trends here are to the under. Eight of Tampa's last nine home playoff games are under. Six of the Eagles' last seven playoff games total are under. You got two coaches kind of coaching for their lives, even though they're in the playoffs. Like we know Bowles is conservative at his core. Again, I don't think Sirianni's going to be, you know, loosey goosey getting cute here, knowing that Patricia's the guy, you know, calling my defense, running it, you know, running it off the rails. So I, I like I, I like the under here. Godwin will go off in the slot. You know, if that was around 52, maybe it's up to 55 now. I still think even if Baker, it's dink and dunk, Godwin gets four times as many slot uh, routes run as Evans, um, and he's better with Yak, right? So even if Baker's arm's not right or the leg, whatever, he can't push the ball downfield, and he certainly couldn't against the Panthers. I still think Godwin can get his. Again, Rashad White, rushing totals I like over um, – Rushes, I like Swift over rushes. Uh, I don't know. I would if, if you think the Eagles are winning the game, then go over with with Hertz rushes. I, I don't know who's. I can't back either of these teams right now. I just fade them both and look for ugly football. <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lock and Forth. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our first look at tonight's wild card doubleheader, and we will start with our takes of Eagles at Bucks. That's coming up on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by... 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles saying that Baker Mayfield should not shoulder the entire offensive load for this upcoming playoff game against Philadelphia Eagles, but it may still work out that way. Welcome back to BQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's get to that Eagles-Bucks game. Currently, Philadelphia three-point favorites on the road with a total of 43. And to me, biggest storyline has to involve these injuries. No A.J. Brown because of that knee problem he suffered during Week 18. Safety Sidney Brown is also out. But for the Bucks, Baker Mayfield questionable with an ankle and ribs issues. He is expected to play, but if ineffective, Kyle Trask is, of course, waiting in the wings. So with all of this injury news now uh, front and center, Joe, what do you like in this game? Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Martin Luther King Day in sports was about the NBA. And now the NFL has uh, completely taken this over with this doubleheader that, uh, that we're apparently going to have. I mean, that's the, that's the hard part for me. Like, a lot of things are pointing at Tampa Bay. But the Baker thing is lingering. Like just throwing out the idea of Kyle Trask, uh, your money being on him as a short dog, that is really scary. I don't think that's going to happen. It certainly seems like it's going to be Baker. He's a tough guy. That's always been the case since we've watched him in at college. But, um, yeah, there's a lot that are pointing that way. And if you look on the defensive side of the ball, obviously it's laughable what the Eagles have been doing for almost the entire season, certainly the second half of the season. They're bottom five in every metric. Like, what's the easy way to attack them? Yeah, anything. You can do whatever you want against this, this defense. So, I mean, that big disadvantage there. At least the Bucks can stop the run, right? Like they have a strength there, and they're, you know, they're it's their weakness against the pass. But guess what? The the hurts his finger. Like that's is he going to be able to pass? Like we don't know. And he's missing his number one weapon. Like there's a lot of things that are piling up, piling up, piling up, going against the Eagles in this spot. And backing the Bucks, you're at home, and you're a three point dog. Like is it a situation like we saw with? With the Texans, well, not really because of Stroud, but, you know, if Baker is fine, you know, at least with Baker, it's not the the throwing hand. That's the difference. It's about the mobility. It's about the stability with the ankle and the ribs being his issue, but he still has all those weapons. Like, the Bucks have better weapons on offense tonight. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And they have the easier matchup. I'm on the Bucks plus three. Uh, it's trending to two and a half. There are multiple spots that have gone to uh, to two and a half already this morning. And I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to be there for the most part. I don't know where the money's going to come in the rest of the day, but I'm on Tampa. This one I keep thinking about and thinking about, and it is tough because the Eagles collapse in the second half of the season is just amazing i mean have we seen a free fall like this and now you've got all these injuries they are 0 and 6 ats whereas the bucks are 4 and 2 ats in their last six overall if the eagles were healthy i think they have the better roster but there's just not every which way i look i just can't get behind the eagles i don't even know if they want to be I don't want to say they totally packed it in. I don't think it's that far, but it just, we haven't seen this like 
gritty performance from them. The defense stinks, so it would be bucks or nothing. My favorite play is Jalen Hurts under 219 and a half passing he's gone under that seven out of his last nine games and now with the banged up finger no aj brown uh i'm maybe it'll come down to wow jalen hurts had this amazing performance and they overcame these injuries i wouldn't be shocked but i'll bet under on jalen hurts See, I actually would be a little bit shocked by that if we see some sort of phenomenal passing attack from Jalen Hurts. Like, I remember at the start of the season, and every now and again, I think clutching your priors is not the worst thing in the world. But I remember when we were doing quarterback tiers from The Athletic that Jalen Hurts was in that second tier. Why? Because we needed to see him be elite in a completely different system with some adversity. Not having Shane Steichen as an offensive coordinator, maybe he loses a receiver or two. Can he still be fantastic through the air? And to me, the answer is no. A.J. Brown is the third highest team target share in the entire NFL at more than 30% trailing only Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. You telling me that Jalen Hurts can still be an elite passer without a target he constantly goes to time and time again? I just don't believe that for one second. Not to mention the fact that this is probably a matchup where, yes, the Bucks can stop the run fairly well. The problem is, against spread formations, they have struggled stopping the run there. And what do the Eagles like to do? Run out of spread formations. So the matchup says run the ball more. Not having A.J. Brown probably suggests to run the ball more. And we probably have a game script where this could be a really exciting game. And I genuinely believe that this three is probably sharp. So if that's the case, then the Eagles definitely want to play some ball control a little bit more and run a good bit more. So if you're looking at, say, props, probably backing Swift makes sense. Backing Jalen Hurts as a rusher makes a whole lot of sense. But can they do things through the air? Joe, I just don't believe it. Boy, you know, I'll tell you, as far as the four games that are already done, like what you just mentioned about the number being sharp, none of them were until last night. Like, none of those numbers were even close. Like, Houston covered by over 20 points. Um, KC covered by more than two touchdowns. And they were laying more than a field goal to start with. We know what happened with Green Bay. Like, the totals were way off, too. Like, off by a couple of touchdowns. Um, The Green Bay-Dallas total off by four touchdowns. So, we didn't get a a sharp game until last night with the Rams and the Lions. So, yeah, I, I... it is tough. Like it is really tough to lay points with everything that that we just laid out on the Eagles here. To to lay a full field goal, I'm a little surprised that we're still there after the AJ mm-hmm. Brown news that we got. Um, he should yeah, be worth I, a point, right? I thought for sure across the board those threes would be gone, and yeah. we're not seeing it. Hmm. Is it just the the majority of the public? Are they just? looking at the Bucks in a crap division and they didn't bet on them all year. Baker versus Hertz got a team that j- just made the Super Bowl and they're not paying close attention or they think it's going to be a flip of the switch. Like I, I was also thinking about this, a couple of teams um, entering the playoffs that played over the weekend that were viewed as the hot teams. Like they went down in flames, the Browns mm-hmm. a complete no show with Flacco. They showed up. And, you know, Stafford got his tail kicked all night. But the Rams were that other hot team. And then they end up losing. Does it matter that the Eagles are the team that's trending way down 
Like, are we looking too much at that? Um, aside from well, the situation, you know what I mean? I think the comp could also be the Chiefs, too. People were way down on them, and then it's like you can't yeah. maybe count them out, and you could possibly say the same thing for the Bucks. I think also, like, the Baker injury, there's things that cancel each other out in this matchup <laughs> that makes it so tricky to figure out. But if you like the Bucks with a shorter spread like this, would you just look at Bucks money line? Like, could this just be the i mean it's like if you like the bucks plus two and a half or three i guess there's only a couple two and a halfs out there um maybe they just went out right i i guess i'm smarting because i took the rams money line and they lost the game by one point so maybe i'm not going to go in that route uh just just because i have a little ptsd as far as that's concerned but i also think too to this idea of you know lines being sharp versus not being sharp in the playoffs like i do believe that sometimes if you get an oversaturation of the public because there are so few games remaining that sometimes it can make things a little less sharp because maybe the public is looking at the wrong storylines things like that but i also think too that this baker mayfield injury means that there's more variance when it comes to Tampa Bay, right? Because if he is truly ineffective and he just can't play for whatever reason, then Kyle Trash, Kyle Trask could be trash. He absolutely could play like trash. Yeah. And that means that the Bucks will be really, really bad. Doesn't matter how bad the Eagles are going into this game, but the floor for Tampa Bay is way, way lower than it is for the Eagles as far as I'm concerned. Because I do think that Jalen Hurts and company because that rushing game is really effective with a brotherly shove and you know, running out of spread formations, I do think that there is at least an okay floor there that you can at least rely upon. Now, if they're starting to trail by a couple of touchdowns, then I think that game is over. I cannot see the Eagles making any kind of significant comeback. But I, I trust the floor for Philadelphia much more so than I do for Tampa Bay. And so to your point, Aaron, I think that's probably why I would be apprehensive uh, taking Tampa Bay, you know, money line yeah. instead of just, you know, accepting the plus three, uh, you know, assuming it's still out there uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, if for no other reason that I think there's just a lot more variance there where I wouldn't be surprised if we get some sort of funky two point conversion deciding this game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, it's 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 hard to get to the E. I just can't I can't get there at the minus 3. Is anybody willing to do that? It feels like you're on bucks, you're on <laughs> under or you're on props. Mhm. 
that's kind of where I am in all of this. Like I'm probably looking yeah. at the props market than I am more than anything else. Uh, you know, as far as total again, you know, if this got inflated for whatever reason, then I definitely, you know, go after the under because I think the Eagles will run a good bit more. Uh, but that's probably where I'm more comfortable than anything else. And speaking of props, uh, if you folks are following us on at BetQL Daily, uh, you will see our latest Twitter poll, which is a lot of fun. Which of these popular bets at BetMGM are you tailing for this game? Three options. Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown at minus 140. That one's getting bet on a good bit. Cade Otten over 24 and a half receiving yards and then Dallas Goddard over 47 and a half receiving yards. So I'll ask you, Joe, of these three, Jalen Hurts anytime TD, Cade Otten over, Dallas Goddard over, which one do you like the most? Ah, okay. The Goddard one makes sense with no A.J. Brown. Like, I get it. We we asked Joe G, like, okay, where are those targets going? He's like, I don't know, because I don't trust any of these other receivers. After Devontae, who, by the way, not 100%. I know he practiced in full getting ready for this game, but he's been dealing with an injury as well. Man, I'm just, I got to go with Otten. But mm-hmm. I've had a tough time figuring out which Otten prop. I know this one is for yardage, but the look on anytime touchdown, which is knocking on 5-1 to one at a lot of spots, that seems to, to make some sense to me. But, you know, the reception numbers at 2.5 for him, Thing is, it's juice to the over everywhere. The volume should be yeah. there. When you look at what tight ends do against the Eagles, it's the Giants' uh, tight ends, five. Cardinals, eight. Uh, six for the Giants. Six for the Seahawks. Five for five for the Cowboys. That's the last, what, five weeks? Like, they're going to catch their passes. So I want to go over, but Otten has never been the volume guy. He's He's just mm-hmm. been more so the red zone guy. Yeah. The Otten one, it almost makes me want to stay away now that everyone's on Kate Otten, to be honest. Like, I like him everyone's when no one's talking your boyfriend. about him. And now, yeah, now everyone's talking about him. And so it's just like, eh. I don't know, because even the longest reception for him, 12 and a half, 13 and a half, he had 20 and then 6, 7, 22, 11. That just seems like flip a coin. You know what I mean? So I'll probably mm-hmm. pass on Kate Otten. I'm probably going to be somewhat conservative on, on this one. I think some of these props are pretty sharp, uh, but I, you know, I'm still going to take my chances with under on Hertz passing with that finger and AJ Brown out and the fact he's gone under that seven of the last nine times. Uh, and Ed, you've been uh, talking, you know, criticizing Jalen Hurts for a while now. You know, and uh, I keep saying, when is he going to turn it around? He's capable, and it's just like. Mm-hmm over and over rinse and repeat and here we are and and that's just it with him right like yes he had a great season last year no doubt about it uh some even you know proclaiming him as an mvp candidate and i probably was a little bit more apprehensive to do so but to me to be elite you got to back these things up with another campaign like we need to see these things strung together and for the most part i don't think we have Now, I do think in terms of play design, that's kind of let him down a little bit. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts is in a fairly good situation. Like, I think the criticisms that we have for the Eagles, they are not nearly as bad as they are for other teams. It's just that the Eagles are coming off of a Super Bowl appearance and we go, okay, why is this suddenly lackluster? 
Now, compare that with other situations. Like, yes, it's not as bad as many other offenses, but it's still something where it leaves something to be desired. That pop isn't there. And there's still the expectation that it will just naturally be there. And, you know, for instance, like Dallas Goddard, 99% of the money is on the over, is 47 and a half receiving yards. I don't get that. I really don't like I get like he's an important part of this offense, but why is everybody clamoring on him to go 48 receiving yards like that to me does not make a whole lot of sense. No, I'm not not laying any juice there. Another look. I know he has not been efficient throughout the year, but Rashad White could have a big game and we've seen some big games from him. Mm hmm. That one I think is important. This is BetQL Daily presented by Ben M. Allen's feeling good as his Buffalo Bills enter the playoffs going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Finally, this game will get played. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by Ben MGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth. This game postponed from Sunday morning because of the inclement weather happening out in Buffalo. Uh, so now we get a game happening at 4.30 Eastern time. The spread has not changed as of now compared with yesterday. Uh, Bills 10. 10 point favorites here. The total though has gone up to 38 and a half and the weather still not fantastic. Certainly more playable than what was expected from uh, Sunday. 15 mile per hour wind gusts up to 30 miles per hour. No heavy snowfall, but flurries could still happen. So Joe, knowing these updated conditions, how much of it changes your analysis of this game? Yeah, that's what I've been uh, trying to consider. Like the total goes up for a reason. I mean, people were betting the under when it was going to be in much worse conditions. That was the thought process. So the total goes up. The point spread, it reopened at a shorter number, which I find interesting, but then it gets bet up. Um, Gabe Davis is out. Rasul Douglas, questionable. Yeah, Rasul Douglas. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, I made the case that if he's not out there, it wouldn't be that as big of a deal because of the conditions. But now the conditions today, certainly not as bad as what we thought it was going to be. I cannot take the Bills. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win probably comfortably. But such a low total, such a high point spread. Aaron, I'm having a tough time uh, laying double digits here with the Bills. Man, are you becoming a totals guy? What is happening? I'm starting to sense that <laughs> Joe, who typically likes to bet sides, is now turning you into changed, the totals better. I know. I've noticed this today. Um, so the thing is, Josh Allen plays well in cold weather. As someone who's backed the Steelers famously, um, <laughs> they mm, are in the yeah, playoffs. But now with Mason Rudolph, don't they seem a little bit predictable and one-dimensional? Like, is that... Can they pull this off as double-digit dogs against the Bills? I don't think they can. Uh, I I think I'm going to lay the points with the Bills. Well, another way to put that, Aaron, is can the Bills pull the Cowboys? Can that that happen today? No. I don't think so. You know what? I thought we'd I'm not there. I thought we'd Oh, we're not. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you didn't. You didn't really think that. You never thought that. There's a 5% chance hoping and wishing that, you know, suddenly it would be like, well, you know, this is just a bad match. No, no, no. No, no, no. Hope springs eternal. I get that. I understand. Uh, Can they? Okay. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, here's the way I say it. So I think I am also becoming a totals guy because I think the one thing that's different about this game compared with potentially being played yesterday is that because the wins are dying down, I do think we will see more pass attempts, whether it's from Mason Rudolph because the Steelers are from behind, whether it's from Josh Allen, maybe more to his tight ends, maybe they're not deep shots. But I do think that both offenses, at least when it comes to the scripted plays, I would not be surprised if we see more passing. And to be honest, both defenses leave a little something to be desired when it comes to defending the pass. And so I'm looking at a first half total of over 17 and a half. And I love that look. I do think that we are going to see some points, at least in the early going, probably in the first quarter. And then maybe somebody ekes through with another touchdown some way, somehow, where, yeah, it's a lower scoring game. But I think those scripted plays will be oh so effective. And, and also, too, like you do have that extra day uh, to prep just a little bit more. And maybe find some additional wrinkle that you didn't do before. So I do think that offensively, the extra day uh, is going to be helpful really for both teams. Like in terms of a side, I don't know if I necessarily have one. Like first half spread, six and a half, I don't really care. But the total would not be surprised if we see more points, at least in the early going. And then the defenses start to step up. And also, too, a meteorology friend pointed this out where – if we are going to see some flurries and a little bit of snow on the field, that might actually help the passing attacks a little bit more because in terms of the pass rush and the DBs, their reaction time slows down. The rhythm of the offense doesn't because you know what you're doing, but in terms of reacting, that naturally slows down because the footing is off. So another reason why I feel like when it comes to the scripted plays, both offenses should see some success. Don't forget where we were before we knew about the bad weather. Before sharp money just came in under, under, under. It was 41 and a half. So now we're in between with much better conditions for scoring, right? Um, so I, I, I think that's a pretty good look. And so, I, yeah, like I think that's part of the conversation, what changes. So last week mm-hmm. when we thought this was going down yesterday, like I was all about the James Cook over in the rushing attempts. Now I don't know that I love it as much because it felt like they were going to have to do that. Now, will the Bills be playing from out in front? I expect that to be the case. So, yeah, they could lean on Cook a little bit, and that's the direction the Bills have gone. Like, it'll, I, if I'm making a play on that, I would still bet the over. I still think it's going to get there. But I'm not as strong as I was earlier on. And to your point, Ed, that we might see more passing than we thought we were going to see. I when Jason was talking about he was just holding his ticket from earlier in the week on the under at a worse number, I was just th- I just kept thinking, boy, hmm. now I'd hate to have an under in this at a worse yep. number. Like at a 35 and a half, 36 and a half, I'd hate to be holding that and I'd be kind of angry, really, if if it was still valid because I know some sports books when you change the day of the event, no action. That's canceled mm-hmm. immediately. You get refunded. The majority of books now, since it hasn't been moved too far, you know, the action is still good. Um, I, I would hate to have a under 35 and a half, under 36 and a half. So it's a long-winded way of saying, yeah. I kind of like the over. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen Josh Allen play very, very well in cold temperature. So I like the over as well, you know, as long as – 
<laughs> we've got him. I think that Allen will be able to put up over 300 yards. So I'm not worried about that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's a fair look. It, it is a fair look, uh, you know, especially TJ Watt not being out there for the Steelers pass rush uh, may leave something to be desired. And against the secondary, it, it can be beatable in spots. And if anybody can do it, it's probably Josh Allen uh, on a bit of a heater, pun intended. So definitely, I think that's a good look. Uh, also, folks, we've got another Twitter poll uh, at BetQL Daily. So please make sure you're following the account if you aren't already. And in terms of the prop bets for this game, uh, the four that we have on the poll, Josh Allen, anytime touchdown, Najee Harris over 16 and a half rush attempts, Josh Allen over 39 and a half rushing yards, James Cook over 15 and a half rush attempts of these four, Joe, which one do you like the most? Yeah, I I'll stick with the cook. Uh, the one that I would mm-hmm. say would be no go for me. Absolutely. First one I'd cross off is Najee over on the rushing attempts. Like just the way the game trick could go, the way that, you know, you, there's a possibility you, this could be a, more of a Warren game, which sometimes we're waiting for. It's been tough to predict how that's going to happen. That's the one where I, I have no interest in going over Najee on, on attempts. Hmm. I'm not think, that Aaron? interested in any of these, to be honest. I tend to stay away from these if they're like the most bet tickets. <laughs> It just makes me think like I want to pass on all of these. Josh Allen, anytime, yeah, anytime touchdown. I didn't haven't looked at that one. Um, I did just find something interesting. It was a couple seasons ago, so two years ago to the day when they were playing New England, it like a minus five wind chill. Remember that game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. down this nugget? Oh yeah, yeah. seven degrees. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting if you are looking at overs uh, when it comes to the Bills. You know, it's interesting. I kind of disagree with the idea that Najee Harris would be the first one I would strike, Joe, just because okay. I think Jalen Warden could Warren could be used more as a receiver. Like, because the RPO game is so important for the Steelers, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we get, like, some 21 personnel, something like that, and Warren is that potential target if pass is the call. Uh, but in terms mm-hmm. of who's going to be leading the workload as far as the rushing attack, I do think Najee Harris. Like, this is probably one of those games where it's possible if the conditions get worse that they're just going to run the ball anyway and so he could reach that number that way or despite game script they still run the ball because I think with Mason Rudolph it is the Hippocratic oath first do no harm and that's probably going to be his approach for this game yeah I would just do it because I'd be scared about how this game flow goes like Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk about it coming up the Miami game game script goes against them they know that they need to run the ball. They tried. They couldn't. And Mostert ended up with only eight attempts in that game. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? So it's mm. – if they're down, you know, I don't know, 17-3 to three early, They yeah, at some point I know it's a Tomlin team and, and they're very stubborn and they're going to want to try to just hang in that game. But I don't, if that run game is getting stuffed and remember Daquan Jones will be back a few weeks now, that's going to be tough to stick with it. Mm-hmm. So Josh Allen's passing yards is to- is getting bet up. I mean, by it was like at 220 something, 222, 223. Now it's like at 227. But if it is going to be like that Patriots game where he had 305 a couple years ago, 300 plus is 5 to 1. Hmm. Interesting. Kind of like that. I don't know. 
over one and a half passing touchdowns is plus money. Um, the concern, obviously, he gets one via the legs, but right, yeah, or or it's more Which of a James minus, Cook show coming out minus, party in that minus regard. money. That popular bet. No, thank mm-hmm. you. All right, is he throwing an <laughs> interception? Just about to ask. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely, okay. he is. And, and an interception's not bad for Josh Allen. Like, it might just be, like, throwing it 50 yards and it's picked, but it still counts. So he could be playing very well and still have two picks. So I think that's fine. I'd take that one. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our first look at Divisional Weekend coming up on the BetQL Network.